Inside Group Real Estate is a full-service brokerage equipped to handle all your real estate needs, commercial sales, residential sales, and property management. Whether you're buying a first home or building a retirement portfolio, Michael Wimberly and his staff have the knowledge to help. Call Inside Group Real Estate today at 769-300-2651. Welcome to the third episode of Chuck and Doug Reloaded. We are recording on Sunday 4 or 5, and, and really, Doug, as we were working through our, uh, uh, our lineup for the show, uh, some news broke uh, with Mississippi State that Vic Schaefer is leaving the Mississippi State women's basketball program and going to Texas. Are you a little shocked by this? I mean, it doesn't seem like this is the kind of thing that should be happening during this pandemic for some reason. But, I mean, life is life, right? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, things move on, obviously, Vic Schaefer. Um, I, I guess the shocker here is that Vic Schaefer uh, left for Texas and not Texas A&M. I think uh, the thought process with everybody was yeah. that if he was going to – uh, eventually leave Mississippi State. It was going to be for Texas A&M. Uh, but uh, home is home, and I, I guess getting back to Texas, I know he's talked a long time about being near his family and that kind of stuff and how important uh, that was to him. But, boy, what a legacy and what shoes he leaves to fill uh, at Mississippi State with Mississippi State's women's basketball because, uh, you know, what, tournament last uh, – the last uh, – six years yeah. uh what was it i mean you know how many sweet 16s uh the back-to-back championship uh game appearances and uh, really you know has turned that program into a powerhouse and uh made women's basketball matter in this state and you wonder what that's going to leave for the future uh with vic schaefer now moving on for texas yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was a little shocked when I saw it, but in in the realm that you know, as shocked as you can be in this day and age of of coaches moving and and things of that nature. But um, the legacy that he leaves, I mean, one of the great tenured coaches in Mississippi history, no question about it. And probably wasn't when he came here. Probably wasn't something that a lot of people thought he was going to be as successful as he was but I mean he walks out of here being just smidgens away from now two national championships yeah I mean uh, it it was uh, you know a a heck of a run when you look at what he was uh, able to do at Mississippi State you know in in uh, uh, 2017 and 2018 being uh, runners up uh, both times those two years and you know boy you know how close how close was Mississippi State to winning a national championship? And, uh, you know, uh, disappointing to fall short. But, I mean, man, what what a run. I mean, when you look at Sweet 16 and then back-to-back uh, NCAA runner-ups, then an Elite 8 run, and, you know, they were going to be a tournament team this year, 27-6 and six they yeah. were uh, yeah. at this point uh, before the season gets canceled. So, um, yeah, I, I just think uh, probably looking at the opportunity, and we know – uh, like I said, a lot of people always thought he was waiting for that A&M job to come over. He was a longtime assistant there uh, before moving on to uh, Sam Houston State before coming to uh, Mississippi State. But there was, uh, uh, I think, maybe a little shock that he's going to Texas, but not a shock that he's going to the state of Texas. So if you're a state fan, do you applaud him on his way out or do you kick him out the door? You have to. I, I You know, I'm never one <laughs> of these. So too. You know me. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a I'm – a, tip your cap guy. I'm not a be angry at somebody 
for uh, going home and that kind of stuff. And, and look at where he left uh, the program. And it's always about, to me, you know, uh, leaving the program in a better place than when you got there. And I think he uh, certainly did that. There's no argument uh, about that. And I think you have to shake his hand, pat him on the back, and, and be happy for him at this point. You don't want to be the man or woman to follow him in that role. There's no question gonna, about it. It's going to be tough. There's some big uh, shoes to fill there. And, and you know, we'll see where Mississippi State uh, turns now with the women's basketball program. And do they do they fall back to mediocrity? Does the program and what they've built over the last, you know, five and six years where that, that sport has mattered uh, yeah. on that campus and it's been a moneymaker for them, uh, does it go back to, uh, you know, uh, look, uh, sadly, what a lot of women's basketball programs are, and that's, you know, not a lot of fans or not a lot of fannies in the seats. The The schools that are really successful ha- do a good job of putting people in the seats. Uh, we'll see if they're able to uh, keep that up. But, uh, uh, look, it's certainly uh, a much more attractive job than when Vic Schaefer got there. So uh, it, they should have uh, a number of candidates that would be willing to take that job because it's been proven a place that you can win at. So let's keep it on, on the Starkville campus and um, football coach Mike Leach had a situation this week where he did a tweet and it was really about COVID-19 and wives not being happy with husbands. And um, you know, uh, the woman was knitting a noose and uh, for her husband um, and it, it was not, it didn't go over very well. Uh, there were some people that did not take very well to that. I certainly don't believe that Mike Leach meant anything uh, racial by that in any right. way, shape, or form, but it's something that probably uh, – well, it's caught the attention of a lot of people. I mean, and even one football player has decided to leave the program and is tying his exit to that to that tweet. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I mean, again, it, it's, it's – uh... You know, you know the times we live in. It's it's 2020, and uh, you know whatever side of the ledger people fall on this. Um, you know, you you got to be careful with what you put out there publicly, whether it's social media, whether it's what you say and what you do. You know, and and, and again, um, you know where everybody has an opinion and everybody, um, you know, is uh, like I said. I mean, you know, he's he's coaching in Mississippi now. Um, you know, this, this stuff does matter and you do need to be careful, uh, with some of these things. And I I know there'll be a bunch of people that'll run out there and say, you know, oh, people are being too sensitive about this and that kind of stuff. I, I'm a firm believer in, you know, look, people say things, people do things. I don't think he meant anything by it. He certainly took the tweet down. He apologized for it. I don't know what else needs to happen at that point. I don't think there needs to be any discipline. I don't think there needs to be any, but you know, again, I mean, you, you just, it's, you know, it's 2020. I mean, you have to, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta be careful when you tweet stuff and, you know, people can take it, uh, this way and that way. And certainly, um, you know, it, it is the imagery that, that, you know, brings up a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, heated and bad, uh, um, you know, uh, puts people in a, in a, a, you know, brings up imagery that people don't want to, uh, you know, deal with in today's day and age. Different reaction of if that is that tweet is, and he's still at Washington state, you think, or does it draw the attention that it draws? Uh, you'd have to say that, you know, the fact that he's coaching at Mississippi state, you know, certainly maybe brings more attention to it, but, um, this was going to be one of those things that people were, 
going to question about Mike Leach. Mike Leach has, you know, done things different ways. He's had some, you know, uh, I don't want to say issues, but there's been some controversies and things that have followed him. But one of the things that everybody always talked about is that he's always coached at outposts. You know, he was in yeah. Lubbock at Texas Tech. He was in Pullman in the state of Washington. Um, you know, while Starkville is not, you know, the 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 brightest uh, spot in the SEC and that kind of stuff, and a lot of people would say that Starkville is an outpost, but it, it's still within the SEC footprint, and it's in yeah. the SEC. And what you do in the SEC, you know, what how's the commercial go? It just means more. Yeah. So there are going to be more people that pay attention to it, and it's going to get more attention. And, and that's going to, you know, I mean, there are going to be people that, that are going to, you know, comment on some of these, you know, social media type things and that kind of stuff. Me personally, I don't think this is a huge deal. Do I think he should have done it? No. Do I think he did the right thing by taking it down and apologizing? Yeah. And do I think he'll be able to move on from it? Yes. But um, it is going to be an issue. And, and let's be honest, too, it's going to be an issue because of time of the year and what's going on right now, too. You know, I mean, if there's if there was a million sports stories going on right now, it's probably a one day thing. You know, now it yeah. becomes a, a week issue. Well, and, and yeah, you have to wonder if that drew more attention to it as well. And I think you're right. I think it does. And, and the player that would that we uh, mentioned earlier was defensive lineman Fabian Lovett, who was from Olive Branch. And I think what was it last year? like 19 tackles in one sack, but he's entering right. the transfer portal. And, and one of the stories that I was reading on ESPN that there had not been a lot of contact between the two at that, uh, that there had not been any discussion at that point. And I wonder if that would have changed his mind or his thoughts about that. But yes, he is absolutely, he ha absolutely has the right to do whatever he wants to feel the way, whatever he feels. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's unfortunate that that happened. I mean, Mike Leach's his tenure really hadn't even got off the ground yet. And it's grounded by, COVID-19 and, and practices are, are null and, um, and then this situation happens. And I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting uh, to see where this, where this goes. Now, the question is, Doug, with Leach and Lane Kiffin, and this right. is something I wanted to talk about with you uh, uh, last week and we got, we spent some time on some other topics, but you know, this is the first time I can remember that both of these schools have got, uh, these are pretty big-name coaches that have come into their facilities um, from their history for a lot of different reasons. Mike Leach, we know about his <laughs> issues. Lane Kiffin, we know about his issues. But these are two spectacular names that have come into this state to coach football. Is that good or bad for these programs, you think, in, in the long run? No, well, I think it's great for these programs, to be honest with you. And I, I think, again, a lot of it has to do with what we were just talking about, about the SEC. And I think – you know, as the SEC has raised its profile over the last, you know, however many years and decades, um, it's only meant more money for the conference. It's only meant more prestige for the conference. And it's put these two programs in position to hire coaches that I don't know in the past if, you know, it, let's just say 15, 20 years ago, do, do I think that they would be hiring coaches with this high of a profile? I'm not, I'm not so sure, but because of where the SEC is and, and their status and stature in the SEC, uh, they're, they're able to hire these coaches and certainly put out big salaries. And uh, these jobs are attractive to uh, coaches that are out there. So is this going to be a great rivalry in terms of the coaches? You know, we've had some pretty fiery and, and, 
great rivalries. And uh, you, I, I think of the first, and I, as long as I've been in the state of Mississippi, the best rivalry among coaches has been Jackie, Cheryl, and Billy Brewer. Right. No question. Uh, I think Dan Mullen and Hugh Freeze had another good rivalry. Dan Mullen was really behind a lot of that as much as anything. Um, but is this going to be a great rivalry? Or they, they kind of have some sort of mutual respect for each other. And it just – is it going to have the same fire – uh, in the long run, uh, you think? I think eventually it may get there at some point. I, I, I think maybe we may be in a place where we've come out of a period where I think this rivalry was very unhealthy. Um, I think we may be moving into an area where this rivalry uh, is healthy, can be heated and healthy at the same time. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's ultimately what people want. I, I don't, you know, when you start getting into, you know, turning, you know, uh, accusations of turning this one into the NCAA and this happening and, you know, media members going after universities and that kind of stuff, I think it gets into an ugly realm, uh, so to speak. And again, let, let's be honest, this rivalry has always been, I think, led by the coaches. And when it's been heated between the coaches, it heats up between the fans and when yeah. it's been cooled off by the coaches, it, it cools off by the fans. It, it, it was interesting when these two hires were made um, that it almost seemed like fans were coming together and realizing maybe, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past of, you know, I, we, we spend a lot of time in the state fighting each other or, or fit those yeah. two fan bases spend fighting each other, you and me personally fighting each other, but you know what I'm saying? Sure. And I, I think that there has been that in the in the past where, you know, they've they've fought each other and that kind of stuff. But this there should always, in my mind, be a you know, look, we're we're Mississippians. We don't we don't get a lot of you know the accolades that the Alabamas and the LSU's and the Auburns and the Georgias and all these other schools in the SEC, you know, kind of get the get to celebrate and in the championships and the victories and that kind of stuff. I've always wished that, you know, it could be a little more, you know, yeah, we hate each other when we play each other, but you know, we can kind of also, you know, pull for the Mississippi schools cause it's good for the state Ain't happening, brother. And I, I, I know, I know it's, that's my, my dream and that kind of stuff. But for a few brief days, when these two hires were kind of made, there was that kind of, I think people realized that it was going to be good for both these schools and it was going to be good for this rivalry. And it was, you know, I, I, there was, there did seem to be a, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to last. I don't think it's going to last. I do think that even when you have Lane Kiffin saying nice thing, nice things about Mike Leach yeah. and them talking about their friendship when they were in the, the, the PAC 12 and all that. And, and I think that ultimately it's not going to be super heated between these two guys. Um, I don't think you'll see them taking cheap shots at each other and that kind of stuff. But ultimately, you know, they are competing for the same things. Ultimately, you know, they will be going at it during egg bowls and that kind of stuff. That's what makes me think that where this rivalry can maybe become a little more friendly than it has been and where it's been ugly for some years here in the past couple of years, maybe we'll see a getting back to a, a better place where this is a healthy rivalry. So how do you how do you judge success for these two coaches then? What's going to be and they're they're kind of coming in at different levels, um, with Lane Kiffin coming in and kind of trying to rebuild a little bit, and uh, Mike Leach trying to 
you know, turn things around as well. But I probably got a little bit of a head start just in terms of what the what acts what they have on the field. What do you what do you think? Well, that what, go ahead. No, that's what I was going to say. That's going to be the interesting to me thing to me is who's going to have success. You know, now that they're both coming in at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, I I think that you know we can talk about Mike Leach maybe in Mississippi State the program being on a little you know, better footing right now. But, but again, we know between these two schools that the, even when one is up and the other one's down, the difference is not that far apart, right? you know, right. when it comes to that. So it wouldn't take, I, I don't think Ole Miss too long to catch back up or, or Mississippi state to, to move down or these two schools to flip flop where they are right now. And it always seems to work out when it looks like one of these schools is going to pull away from the other one. The other one reels it back in. So I, I, I think that, you know, I, but I think ultimately that's going to be the judge of this thing is, and, and the interesting thing to me is who's going to have success sooner. You know I mean? Yeah. Which one of these programs is yeah. going to get it? Which one of these coaches is going to get their footing? Which one of these coaches is going to have some success? Which one of these coaches is going to do the things that this, these fan bases want to have happen at these schools. And, you know, again, the interesting thing to me with this, with these two schools, is it matters so much what the other school is doing. You know, I mean, it's always yeah. been that way. If one of these schools is more successful than the other one, it puts so much pressure um, on on that other school. And and again, I mean, you know, it, it's it's just interesting to me. I I almost sit here and think if Lane Kiffin is not hired by Ole Miss does Mississippi state turn around and do they fire Joe Moorhead? Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. mean, did Joe Moorhead get fired because, you know, the fan base was unhappy with him as the coach and the direction of the program and that kind of stuff. You couldn't, you, you wouldn't really say that he got fired for what happened on the field, so to speak. I, I mean, you know, again, yeah. Could it have been better? Could there have been things that they could have done better on the field? Sure, they could. Yeah, but I, but I, I, I would disagree a little bit with that. I think there was a little bit of on the field, but I think there was I think there was more. He's just not fitting in in that right. community. But but uh, again, that can get back to why didn't it work? Why didn't it fit? Why didn't? Why was there such unhappiness? Yeah. Because again, we're talking about year two. For, for a team that went to bowl games back to back. And I yeah. know that's not, you know, again, you know, music city bowls and that kind of stuff are not where these programs want to be and all that. And I get it, but at the same time, you know, I mean, you don't have to go back too far to what, to think about how nuts it would have been to fire a coach coming off of going to a bowl game. You know, I mean, like oh, yeah. I said, we don't have to go back too far in the history, and I know it's different. I get all that, but I, I'm just saying that ultimately, Lee. And I'm not. I'm not sitting here, you know, making the case that you know Joe Moorhead should have been fired. I, I'm just making the point that I do think some of the reason Joe Moorhead got fired was because Lane Kiffin was coming in to, to Ole Miss, and there was going to be a lot of there was going to be a lot of excitement, and there wasn't a lot of excitement at Mississippi State with Joe Moorhead. Whatever Joe Moorhead did, whatever his lack of what he couldn't do was not 
you know, ultimately bringing a bunch of, uh, it wasn't putting fannies in the seats and ultimately that's what you have to do. So, well, and you know, we can talk about that for days on how much the sec has a, an issue with that. I mean, scheduling games in the middle of September at 11 o'clock in the morning on some of these campuses is ridiculous. And, yeah, well, but that's a whole, you know, got to play them at some time. I well, mean, you know, that's TV money. Yeah. Well, they used to bring right. them all at night through the first. Right. Quarter. But when, but when they have these TV contracts and you have right. to put all these games on TV, I mean, you yeah. just have scheduling conflicts when it comes to that. So, but, you know, you, you made it an interesting point earlier with, um, what are you drinking, a bourbon and Coke over there? What's going on? Light on the ice? What do I hear? What are you doing? It's, uh, it's pink lemonade. Oh. Sorry. I didn't, did you want me to drink something lower? No, I was no, tri- no. You know how, like, when you're trying to be quiet doing something? Yeah, you can't be quiet. You can't. Like, if you're trying to sneak a chip or something or get a cookie out of the cookie bag, it's louder than it needs to be. So I apologize for next time I won't use ice. How about that? That's a good idea. Okay, so here's the um, – they also have a mute button on there. You know, you can cough. I so, can barely um, get this. How long did it take to get me to set up this? I'm using, yeah. I'm using a headphone, so hopefully it'll sound better than it did the last couple episodes. Yeah, you never sound so, good. So uh, you need Margaret in there as your producer. She, you she really set up the whole headphone thing. I know. If it wasn't for her, if I didn't have my 14-year-old here, I, we would still be not on the air. So yeah. there you go. Uh, she came in and was like, zip, 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 zip. I was like, done. Okay. Yeah. Um, so before we lose track of this, like we used Mm. to do so very often, um, on the radio, um, let's circle back to, you talked about music city bowls and everything, but I mean, Doug with the, with the Alabamas and the Auburns and the Texas A&Ms and the LSUs national champions in your division, what can you really expect out of these teams? What's the level of success that fans can be happy with i i I know we're trying to win titles we're trying to get atlanta blah 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 blah. but i mean really what's a realistic expectation well i think age yeah i mean i think the the thing that people want is more than anything else when you break it down to its its barest level they want to be competitive with those teams i think fans realize that they're not going to you know, we're not going to go in. We're not going to beat Alabama every year. We're not going to beat LSU every year. We're not going to, you know, but you want to surprise one of those teams every year. Yeah. You know, you want to surprise somebody and you want to, and I, and I think that's part of the problem with the SEC right now is there are such defined roles for these teams that I think overall there is a boredom, a malaise, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, you know, there is a, a, uh, this, these fan bases have become, um, you know, so conditioned to where they are and what they're, you know, the role that they're stuck in. And it's so hard for these teams to break out of this that I, I really think that, you know, they have to, um, you know, I think that's what fans want to see. They, they want to be shocked. They want to be surprised. They want to have some sort of, uh, excitement when it comes to their games. And I think that was the most disappointing thing. I think for Mississippi state and Joe Moorhead, they were promised, you know, excitement and offense and all this other stuff. And they didn't get any of that. So I I think that was ultimately the issue there. And, and let's be honest. I mean, you know, he came in and was replacing a very successful head coach uh, in Dan Mullen. And, you know, the, the fan base had become accustomed to, uh, you know, expecting more and wanting more when they, when he when he 
you know, came in with all this bluster and, you know, we're going to do this, do this, do this. And it fell flat. Um, you know, it, it put him and, and the rest of, uh, it put that program in a pretty bad, uh, place and the, the fan base was not happy. He just never felt like a head coach to me. Yeah, just, well, I, I mean, and he was, but I mean, right. and I don't know if it's, you know, Mullen was ultra successful there, uh, for Mississippi state's program. I mean, led them to their first ever number one ranking, I guess yeah. it's the national champion didn't have a championship in the forties or something, but I mean, they're, they're number well, one ranking. I mean, uh, you know, had a lot of fire had a lot of, you know, swagger, some sure. would call it cockiness, <laughs> right. so, but Moorhead just never really filled that bill. And I, I guess that's the guy after the guy kind of a deal. Huh? Yeah. And I think that's part of it too. And, you know, you look at it and some guys are just, you know, really good coordinators and maybe that's his role. I mean, he's, he's back as an offensive coordinator at Oregon and we'll see what he does there. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if he gets another shot as a, as a head coach somewhere uh, down the line and see what he can do. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think it's disappointing that it, it, it was two years and it wasn't successful and it really, uh, you know, kind of fell flat. So, uh, but you know, Look, I, I think uh, Leach was a guy a lot of people were excited about and a lot of people were interested in, and, you know, we'll see where this thing goes if we ever get a college football season going here. Yeah, boy, don't start with that. Uh, so, and we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, we're going to do some COVID-19 updates here in just a second, just how it's affecting the sports world. But if I had to pin you down and say five years from now, who's the most successful coach? Lane Kiffin, who's been awfully quiet lately. You know, he, he started yeah. out kind of – tweeting and doing all that and then he he's just kind of gone underground it seems he he seems like he's a different guy than what he was at tennessee and usc and even when he was in in conference usa i mean he's he's he seems like a different person to me do you agree yeah, with that? yeah i mean i i think well and i think part of it is you know maybe he's trying to you know undersell and overperform yeah. um you know that kind of stuff so we'll we'll see uh, what happens, but, you know, maybe he realizes he doesn't have the team he needs to be successful right now. And, you know, if he gets that team and builds that team up, maybe we'll see him be a little more of the Lane Kiffin that everybody seems to know, but maybe he's laying in the weeds right now, so to speak. So five years down the road, which one's going to be more successful? Uh, that's a, that's, you know, almost an impossible question to, uh, to answer. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I, it's, it's it's tough to boy. I I think they're both going to have success. Do I you? think they're both going to yeah. I think they're both going to work out. Now, which one's going to work out better? I don't know. You would think Lane Kiffin would have um, because he's younger, maybe have more more time that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know with uh with Leach if it seems like this is you know the last go around. He's fifty nine years old. How much longer is he going to, you know, I mean, what does he have a, a, you know, probably, you know, eight to 10 years left in him and, and, you know, he's going to sail off into the sunset, no pun intended and go retire in West and, you know, hang out and do pirate stuff and all that. But, um, you know, I, I don't know which one's going to be more successful, but I will say that I think we're in for, a heck of a run in Mississippi football and maybe, maybe the most exciting era of Mississippi football or, and, and maybe not, really? I, let me, that might be a bit much, but how about this? 
certainly it's got the potential and sets up for what could be the most exciting uh, error and run on and off the field with these two coaches and personalities. So um, speaking of, uh, we, we talked, uh, let's touch on a little bit of COVID-19 and then we'll get to uh, a few things to wrap up. So uh, Donald Trump met with a lot of the leagues, uh, had said that he hopes to see President Donald Trump had hoped right. to see butts in the seats, fannies in the seats in August and September. California Governor Gavin Newsom says that ain't happening around here. I don't know if that's just speculation, if that's, but I mean, do you, and I'm, I'm not really, uh, I mean, I think that's a great vision. Of course, we, you know, we've heard that things could start earlier or people want things to start earlier. Do you think we're looking at the fall? And we've talked about this every show, but it just keeps seeing it. The idea or the thought keeps changing every 24 hour news cycle. It seems, do you think we'll see sports back in the fall? Um, boy, it's, uh, you know, it's, you, you drive that, that fine line between, being a realist and being either super positive or super negative. That's not really making sense what I'm saying. I do that a lot, but um, you know, it, you don't want to be too negative. I I don't think you want to be sitting here saying, you know, Oh, we're not, you know, there's no chance. It's not happening. That's not possible that we're going to be able to play and we're going to be able to do this and do all that. But I just, um, when are people going to feel safe? When are people going to feel yeah. comfortable to get back in a crowd again? Like I, I could see us having some sort of a um, NFL season or a college football season, or but are we going to be able to do it with fans? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know whether we're going to be able to uh, do this with fans because I, I just uh, when I'm looking at this, I just I'm not, you know, are they going to be able to get in a crowd and be able to do some of this stuff? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, would you? I, because I'm, I'm not, not going to be. I, I'm not 100 percent sold that I would. Now, you know, we've got a family trip that we moved from May to December, and depending on how things are flowing that time of the year. Well, I, I I look at it this way: like I'm supposed to be in New Orleans this weekend. I had a trip set this weekend to go to New Orleans. You know, we postponed it to next year, but I don't know when I'll feel comfortable to go to New Orleans and be in. Um, you know, crowds like that and that kind of stuff or at a stadium or, yeah. or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I think things are certainly changing and are going to change. And there are, um, there is a, uh, I, I, I just, it's, it's unknown. And like I said, I feel like I'm being super negative by saying that, or yeah. I'm being, um, some sort of, um, you know, alarmist. I, I don't, to sit here and say like, oh, I don't know when the NFL season is going to come online, or when they're going to have that, or if we're going to have a baseball season, I, I don't, I don't want to be that negative. But at the same time, I, I think we need to be serious about this. I don't think we need to be sitting here saying, you know, oh, it's going to go on, and there's not going to be any delay, and there's not going to be any missed games, and you know, I mean, they may play an NFL season without fans. You know, I mean, I yeah, think that could happen. I can't see that. Um, I can't you know, see that. I mean, I just can't see them playing to empty stadiums. It's just not the same, right? Well, I, it's uh, no, it's not the same. But I mean, given the choice of no season, no, no season at all. I mean, look, they they are they're saying what best case scenario for fast tracking a vaccine is like, you know, midway through 
you know, 2021. Yeah. So if, you know, look, if the social distancing thing works and they're able to slow this thing down and maybe the summer slows this thing back down again, um, you know, to where it's a, a much more reasonable um, number on the on the spread of this virus, I think, you know, well, then maybe we're we're headed in the right direction and maybe they can, you know, have seasons and that kind of stuff. But if it's not, I don't know. I, it's funny. I was talking to Ryan who uh, produced the radio show yeah. uh, with me for several years, and he seems to think we need to dangle this over people's heads. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like a stick and a carrot kind of thing and be like, look, if we want to have football season, if you all want to go back to concerts and go back on vacation and you want to do all this, people need to really buckle down here and take this social distancing thing serious and, you know, kind of kind of dangle it out there and be like, look, if, if we want to have football season, people are going to have to take this serious for a while. It's, you know, it, people are going to do what people do. I, I will say that uh, I made a grocery store run yesterday and I was not one of them, but I will be one of them soon. Next time I go wearing masks and yeah. Um, I mean, more people are taking it seriously. All right, before I let you, yeah, I got, uh, I got, in fact, I went to the grocery store yesterday and uh, had to go to the pharmacy and they're all wearing masks at the pharmacy and they kind of know me up there and they were, they were like yelling at me for not wearing a mask and I like didn't have a mask, but I, I fashioned one out of a pair of underwear, so I do have one now. But I'm, I'm uh, in the process of uh, of getting some. Was so it tidy whities or was it? No, you have to use like a like if you got like a boxer brief, right? <laughs> I just didn't want to see you walking around the store with uh, tidy whities. No, no, no. All right, but listen, here's here's what you do. You get like an old boxer brief, right? You cut mm -hmm. the waistband off, you cut it in half, and then you just kind of. You kind of stick your leg through the – you stick your head through the leg hole. Make sure you use the leg hole. You stick your head through the leg hole. and then you advice. And then you cover your nose and your mouth with that. But, I mean, yeah, it works, it works pretty good. It's not bad. It doesn't work. I tried it at work last night, and it didn't work, but I was able to uh, – it, it would certainly be good for a grocery store run. I, I don't know why, but this conjured up visions of the naked locker room posse from years back on the radio uh, show. I just, yeah, can't, I don't, it, anyway. Great um, discussions there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Those guys, I, I still, for the life of me, I don't understand that. Like yeah. you go to the gym, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, I don't know, you, man. You just, I mean, you know, if you, I, look, it's a gym. I get it. You take a shower, you go back, you dry off, you right. get dressed, and yep, you, you, you get out of there. Yeah. I don't understand these guys that have to conduct business on the yeah. the phone in the locker room naked. Yeah. Yeah. Why they're shaving mm. naked. Why they're, why do you put your watch on first? Yeah. Why is that the first thing you put on? Loss of humility is the first sign of old age, I believe. I, it could be. Um, so where are you at on that? No, no. I'm, I I go to the gym, I do my thing, and I leave. And I go okay. home and I shop. All right. I okay. All right. I, I only go into the locker room and I got to use the facilities and that's it. You know? So you don't like to have like 20-minute conversations with people nope. with no clothes on? Nope. Because nope. nope. I never nope. understood nope. that. I still nope. don't understand that. Yeah. I don't understand yeah. the naked locker room posse. I don't get those guys. Yeah. All right, so uh, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going to uh, leave part of our discussion that we had in the lineup uh, for next week, but I do want to ask you this. We keep doing Has, that, though. I, well, it's because we keep talking. So um, have you Isn't found that the a, point? a gym to 
a, a gym, G-E-M, is, have you found something to watch that you were like during this time that you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, oh, you I, mean like I, a- yeah, like a show or something like, cause I found like, I've been wanting to get ESPN plus, right. And right, I only wanted right. to get it because of Peyton's places. Right. And ESPN two yesterday on Saturday ran like 14 hours of Peyton's places. And I recorded almost all of it and they are very, very entertaining. I don't know if you've seen them yet. Right. But that that's that's a that's a sports gym that I found that uh, I can't. It's hard for me to get into watching old games and old golf tournaments and all that. But but that that's been entertaining because it's something that I wanted to see. I guess. Yeah, I've been enjoying the the. I've actually been enjoying some of the old games. Now I can't sit there and watch the whole thing. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I just you know if I know the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I know the outcome. Yeah. I just can't watch the the entire thing. So. Yeah. Um, but if I come across it and I know like, oh yeah, this is awesome. Let me watch the last 10 minutes of it. I yeah. can, uh, I can certainly do that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, there isn't a show that I've like, just, you know, all of a sudden I keep wanting to get the Disney plus cause I want to watch the Mandalorian, but I haven't done it yet. Pretty good. Pretty I'll, good. I'll, I'll do it before eventually. But, uh, like I said, I just haven't done it yet. Okay. Um, all right. So we got Doug's fab five and then we've got. Also, uh, Doug's album of the week. I told Doug that we're going to do an 80s throwback. So I'm going to give him some 80s questions. And, you know, okay. we do need, before we go, we need to give a shout out to the 1996 Mississippi State basketball team. This is their, uh, you know, this was the uh, the Final Four team that made it. And this would be Final Four weekend. We'd be right smack in the middle of waiting for the national championship game on Monday. So, right. uh, you know, and Richard Williams became a friend of our program when we did the show. Right. And he was always great to talk to and had great insight. I mean, that, that was really one of the phenomenal things that I know you and I have seen since we've been in this state. Yeah. Well, you know, and I've told the story many times that was before that was the summer or, or that was the year before I moved down here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they beat UConn on their path to uh, the Final Four that year. Yep. And I, I remember watching that Mississippi State team in the, the SEC tournament and saying, you know, boy, I want no part of that team. Yep. And lo and behold, when they showed up in the same region as, as Connecticut, I was like, oh, gosh, I do not want to play this team. And, and lo and behold, they, it, it became, uh, you know, true to form and they beat UConn there and went to the final four and that was a, a great team. It's hard to believe that that much time has passed though. Uh, it's crazy, isn't it? That, uh, you know, what, 24 years have passed yeah. since then. Yeah. Uh, and a great team and uh, have gotten to know some of those guys. Um, you know, Eric Dampier, we dealt with, with Hughes dealt with, uh, I yeah. mean, these are, these are guys that, um, and they were fun to watch. Um, all right. So here we go. Um, here's your Doug's Fab Five for this week. It's an Go 80s ahead. edition. I don't know why I said 80s edition. And I'll be honest with you, it was hard to come up with some good things from the 80s, but I think I've got five of them that we can at least kick around. All right. Uh, Back to the Future or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Whew, man. This is going to sound like a little blasphemy because uh, I would really say neither. Oh, that's not the option. But if I have to pick one you over do. the other – I'm going to go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I've seen it more yeah. than I've seen. It's a good movie. I've seen, I've, I have, I, you're going you're gonna to laugh at me when I say this. I have not seen all of the Back to the Future movies. Uh, like, well, I thought it was the first one. You kind of saw the other. 
I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was an okay movie. I didn't think the movie was like, oh my gosh, it's the greatest movie yeah. I've ever seen or whatever. I, yeah. I just. I think I saw it once and I was like, yeah, okay. And yeah. I. I don't know. I know I've seen parts of the other two, but I haven't. I don't think I've seen either of them all the way through. But yeah, and and Ferris Bueller's Day Off to me is kind of an overrated movie. I kind of yeah. thought he was kind of a jerk. And yeah, maybe right. you know, and I, I just kind like of. I was like, I was like, yeah, it's an okay movie. Meh. I didn't, so you, you know, didn't like either one of them, is what you're saying? Yeah, really? no, I wouldn't put either one of those on my like, you know, favorite '80s yeah. movies list. No. All right, Bird or Magic? Oh, yeah, Bird guy, but I mean, I like, I like Magic. I, I, you know, the 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 arc of those two guys' careers and how they're so intertwined with each other was amazing but I I, yeah. I I like bird from the standpoint of you know i just like the fact that he was such a huge trash talker yeah and you know it just didn't really fit the profile yet he was just this massive trash talker and and could pretty much do whatever he wanted to on the court um you know was was just an amazing player all right MTV. it's always magic for that matter well yeah uh just didn't like uh, the lakers I, I bet magic still don't like the lakers a- I, I bet Magic dropped a couple of, you know, I bet he could trash talk too, in a very nice way. He'd be smiling the whole time. Though. Sure, yeah, yeah. But right. you know, they they talk about Bird was just ruthless oh. with the trash talk. MTV VJs, Mark yep. Goodman or Alan Hunter. See, I I didn't do the Nina and the um the Martha oh, Quinn. Martha Quinn. I didn't do that. I wanted to, um, I wanted to go a little deeper. I guess I'm an Alan Hunter guy. Yeah. I didn't like Goodman's perm. That makes and maybe, sense. Maybe I was You're jealous. jealous. Of it. Yeah. It's probably more like it. All right. I, I think I know which way this one's going to go, but I'm going to ask it anyway. New wave or rap? Uh, I rap, but I I I love uh, new wave also. But if I had to choose, certainly at the time, yeah, in the eighties, I, I was I was more of a rap guy. I'm I'm probably a bigger new wave guy now. Really? You know what I mean? I, That's I have more I have more respect for New Wave now than I did back then. How about that? All right. And two songs from the 80s, kind of from yeah. that New Wave genre, I guess, yeah. kind of. I Ran yeah. or Come On Eileen? Uh, I'll go with uh, I Ran. Not even with close? Flock of Seagulls. Yeah, I mean, Come On Eileen's a good song. I mean, it's decent. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's a bunch of guys sitting around in overalls. I mean, how can you go wrong with the, <laughs> the flock of seagulls hairdo? I mean, God, you know, that, thing is, that thing is iconic. <laughs> the best thing about that hairdo is from the wedding singer. Uh, and he, he, could you like flock of seagulls? <laughs> the guy at the air, airplane yeah. counter. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great movie. Adam Sandler that, movie. That's that a very is, good movie. That's a, <laughs> I think I saw that. I think I saw that movie in the movie theater multiple times. I think actually. you and I saw it actually. Together. I saw it with you and I think I saw it with somebody else. I saw it's, it. And I, at the time, I think I liked it much more than you did actually. Yeah, I, I, it stands the test of time, though. It yeah. really does. It's, it's no movie. Napoleon Dynamite, but, uh, you know. Here we go. <laughs> All right, I'll Doug, start. what's our album of the week here as we wrap up Chuck and Doug Reload? All right, album of the week, we went with an, an 80s classic. I, I First of all, I've been looking for this album for a long time. I, I've owned it on CD for a long time, but been looking for a vinyl copy. And my last chance that i got to go vinyl shopping i finally came across a copy of it it's 
Skid Row's debut album from 1989, Skid Row. A bunch of great hits on this one. Youth Gone Wild, obviously. 18 and Life was such a huge song for them back then. This came out in 1989. I was 18 years old at the time. So, you know, there's that. I mean, I Remember You is a huge ballad from them. But even like the album cuts, like Big Guns, Sweet Little Sister, uh, Piece of Me, all Rattlesnake Shake. There's a bunch of great songs off this record. So go check it out. Skid Row's debut album from 1989. Uh, what a great record it is. And, you know, to be honest with you, they when bands back then – where especially towards the late 80s where, you know, they put out a really good rockin' first record and then they'd put out this sappy kind of follow-up. Skid Row yeah. came out and, and put a put an in-your-face, you know, record out. Their their second record was, was great and it was harder than the first one. So, yeah, go check out the, the uh, debut there, uh, Skid Row self-titled uh, record from 1989. You know, I guess next time I got to say something from the mid '80s. What? Something that's not hairband. I just the first hairband record I've done. I've been holding <laughs> off on the hairband. I finally do a hairband record, and now you're, you know, now you're giving me grief about yeah. it. All right. I tell you what. Why don't you pick the album of the week, and I'll just talk about it. How about that? Do you know how many albums I know? You like we'd, we'd have to circle like <laughs> we'd have to recycle like ten of them. And uh, <laughs> and for another police record that we're yeah. doing, you know, yeah, here's, but you here, know, it's okay. Here's the cars, uh, the uh, you know, the first album. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, Doug, thanks. Uh, you know, a good conversation, really good conversation about Mike Leach and uh, also Lane Kiffin. I think it's going to be really interesting to see it, and I do hope that we have a season. I hope that everybody's being safe out there. Uh, you know, heed the warning, folks. I mean, we need to we need to flatten this curve and everybody uh, get out so we can get out to sporting events and we can get out on the golf course and we and can that, get out, you know, and do things that we want to do. Doug can go to New Orleans and, and have a big uh, party fest with his buddies. I, I can. No, but I mean, yeah, seriously. I mean, everybody needs to, to do their part. And even if you feel like, oh, well, this really isn't going to affect me and that kind of stuff, do it for people you know, that, you know, and you don't know who it can affect because it's, it's having an effect on everybody out there. I know a lot of people talk about, well, it's just affecting, you know, older people and that kind no. of stuff. That's not the case. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there uh, that are in the hot, that are in a higher risk category. I'm in a higher yeah. risk category. Yeah. Like I said, that's why my pharmacist was yelling at me yesterday when I didn't have a mask on, but you know, people need to, they, they need to heed these warnings. They need to be careful. They need to, you know, let, let's, let's take this thing serious and, you know, go out to the grocery store. If you need to go to the grocery store, go out to the pharmacy, if you got to go to the pharmacy, but you know, all these frivolous, frivolous little trips we take, you know, and spend some time, enjoy, enjoy some stuff with the family, you know, play some games, go for a walk, do, do something, you know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, like, let's, let's try to make a positive out of this thing. You know what I mean? Like, let's try to really, you know, um, do some things that we haven't had a chance to do that we were too busy to do otherwise. Well, now that stuff's slowing down, get out there and do some things you've been saying you were going to do. Well, and that's the, I will say that, uh, and that's the cool thing I've noticed, like even my kids have been spending some time together, you know, um, it's not always been successful, but for the most part, right. there's been opportunity, <laughs> um, for them to just, uh, spend some time with each other and, uh, sit around and talk and, 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 uh, you know, just kind of get to know each other. We've been doing more of that. We've been watching more family movies together and everybody's just trying to, uh, um, 
you know, get through and, and hopefully we're taking a little, um, we're taking a little look inward and saying, yep. these are some of the things that are still important. And these are some of the things that we got time to do now. And, and I hope that a lot of people are doing that. I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's not easy working from home. It's not easy. Um, being at home 24 seven with people because everybody needs a little bit of break from each other. Well, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, the challenges that, it's having that different challenges that people, um, you know, are having when it comes to this, because uh, again, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that have lost their jobs and, you know, that that's, that's certainly a huge challenge. There's a lot of people out there that are having to work from home and that's a, you know, uh, a huge challenge. And there's a lot of people that have to go out there and have to go to work um, that, you know, that, that's a challenge too, is somebody, you know, I'm considered an essential worker, but like I mentioned, you know I mean? I'm in a higher risk category. Um, you know, I, I also work in a room in a control room at the TV station that, you know, everybody touches every computer in there. Right. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't have a designated computer, you know, there's, you know, at any one time there's four or five of us and there's 15 of us that throughout the day, that touch all those computers. And it's, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, uh, that has some stress and some, some, uh, you know, stuff that goes along with it also. So everybody's dealing with challenges and, and, and for the most part, I've seen a lot of people out there, you know, helping other people out and everybody, you know, pulling together. And, and if that's what comes out of this, you know, yeah. there's a lot, look, yeah. there's a lot of bad that's going to come out of this, Yes. but let's focus on some of the good and let's, let's everybody go out there and help your neighbors and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've gotten to know some of my neighbors that I didn't know before this. I try to go out and get some fresh air every day and, you know, go for a walk and that kind of stuff. So, you know, get out there and enjoy some of that stuff, but, you know, let's not go out to the, the, the places and gathering groups what we don't need to be gathering in and that kind of stuff. Uh, let's everybody heed this. And like you said, the quicker we can get rid of this, the quicker we can get back to normalcy. That's exactly right. Listen, we want to say thanks to Mississippi scoreboard uh, for putting us back on the air together and doing this podcast on the air, so to speak, doing this podcast together. Um, you can find Mississippi scoreboard on Facebook at Mississippi Scoreboard and on Twitter at MS Scoreboard and uh, follow them along and you'll see new editions of Chuck and Doug Reloaded, also the Beyond the Score podcast, and you can find those podcasts anywhere that you can, uh, anywhere you get your podcast. So yeah. um, thanks for being with us, everybody. Doug, good to talk to you again, bud. And I'll Always. be catching up with you uh, soon as we uh, stay safe. Would you put a mask on, you knucklehead? Yeah. I, I, I will, I will, I will. Definitely. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this edition of Chuck and Doug Reloaded. This episode was brought to you by Insight Group Real Estate. Insight Group Real Estate is a full-service brokerage equipped to handle all your real estate needs, commercial sales, residential sales, and property management. Call Insight Group Real Estate today at 769-300-2651.